Pastor Jeff, good to have you down here in PC. Good to see all of you guys this morning. Thanks for being here. I'm glad you found the coffee. Or did you find the coffee? We, should, we, we messed with you today, didn't we? Yeah. Some of you are like, where is it? Where is it? So it's on both ends, and, and uh, we've, we've shifted some things around just to try for some different ways to flow and, and stay connected with one another. And our, our Welcome Center is right there in the middle, uh, prominent, and you can still get information and find out about next steps there. And uh, so thanks for experimenting with us, and uh, we'll try that for a little while and see how it's going, and, and uh, we'll adjust as needed, but uh, we didn't want you to miss your coffee. Now it's at both ends. I mean, as soon as you walk in the door, you just turn, and, you, and you've got your coffee, Okay. So, uh, so thanks for being flexible with us and trying something new. It's good to be together. Uh, we're continuing our series in the Gospel of John this weekend. Um, I love this, this past week because we went from the, those extreme hot to like a little cooler day. Like even this morning kind of felt like fall. I was, you know, I put a little more of a cozy sweater on. Like I love the fall. It means uh, pumpkin spice lattes, right? Yeah. Don't judge me, men. Um, <laughs> I know, I know what you're thinking. Oh, Todd likes his foo-foo. Yes, I do. And I'm proud of it, okay? Actually, actually, uh, I, don't, I hardly stray because uh, I always say when you find a good thing, you just stay faithful to it. And so for me, actually, it's a, it's a hazelnut latte, a triple hazelnut latte. Um, but I, our son Carter, he is in his element with the, with the pumpkin spice, as is my daughter's. Um, but, but fall is such a great time of the year. It cools off. Um, you know, great time to take walks, take a drive uh, when, the, when the leaves start changing, and of course, to enjoy a campfire, right? Don't you just want to warm your hands a little bit right now? Uh, I, I love being around a campfire, like with friends, with family. Campfires sometimes uh, remind us of like these, these late night deep conversations where you're sharing life. Maybe, maybe the campfire represents um, friendship, or maybe the the campfire, maybe there's a really significant memory in your life that was around a campfire. Maybe you were at a camp, and it was Friday night of that camp, and around the campfires where, where you said yes to Jesus for the first time. Campfires can bring a whole host of emotions, can be just a wonderful place to, 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 to do life around the campfire. And this weekend, we're in John chapter 18, and then John chapter 21, and in both of these chapters, there's a campfire scene. But the first one that we want to look at is probably one of actually the, the worst moments of the Apostle Peter's life. Peter had been following Jesus, living life with Jesus, serving Jesus, doing, doing miraculous things alongside of Jesus in people's lives. But here on a cold, chilly Thursday night, and Jesus has been arrested, and the disciples have scattered out of fear. And we discover Peter near a campfire. This is John chapter 18. And it says, then, then the woman asked Peter, you're not one of that man's disciples, are you? And Peter denied it. He said, no, I'm not. Peter was filled with fear. He didn't know what this was going to mean. I mean, they just arrested Jesus, our Savior, our leader, our master. And, and if, I, if I let people know that I'm associated with him, what, what might happen to me? And, and yet again, it says, because it was cold, the household servants that were there and the guards, they had made a charcoal fire. And there at the fire, with the guards, with some of the servants, they stood around it warming themselves 
and Peter stood with them, warming himself. And a second time, he's asked, you're not one of his disciples, that is, one of Jesus' disciples, are you? And he denied it again, saying, no, no, I'm not. One more time, another person says to, says to Peter, didn't I see you out there in the olive grove with Jesus? Like, this guy's thinking, I, I know I saw you. And a third time, around the campfire there, Peter denied even knowing Jesus. And it says, and immediately, a rooster crowed. As I pulled into the parking lot this morning and got out of my car, I immediately heard the roosters at the neighbors and just just calling out. And, and a rooster's crow can be a, a wonderful, you know, it's a sign that there's eggs, there's, you know, there's, you know, life has happened, the daybreak has come, right? But for Peter to hear the rooster crow, it was an utter failure. In fact, in fact earlier, Jesus had said to all of his disciples that he was going to be denying him. That, that, in fact, he said specifically, Peter You're going to deny me three times before you hear the rooster crow. And now it had come true. And I'm thinking, man, Peter was right there. Peter's, I mean, eventually he becomes known as the rock of faith. And yet, where was his faith in this most integral moment? And he's he's basically given up, lost hope in Jesus and won't even admit that he even knows Jesus. And, and, and I can look at that and be like, come on, Peter. <laughs> but then I think about my own life, right? And, and let, let's just us think about our lives. And maybe, maybe, you know, you've been a follower of Jesus for a lot of years, and maybe you've never come outright, nobody's ever said, hey, do you know Jesus? And you're, you're like, no, 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 I don't know him. But in reality, Sometimes in life, through our attitudes, through our own actions, we do deny Jesus. Not just by something that we've said, but something that we've thought or something that we've, we've done. And how many of us have, have made what end up being empty promises? Oh, oh God, just get me out of this, and I mean, I'm going to serve you forever. Oh, God, if you'll, just, if you'll just help me with this, I mean, I'm going to be in your word every day. And yet it seems like the rooster always crows in our life too, doesn't it? It's a reminder that we're imperfect. It's a reminder that we fail, that we, that we falter. And at this campfire scene, this was not one that Peter wanted to ever remember, denying his own Lord and Savior. I think about it in, in your life and my life, we, we deny him in a number of ways. And maybe it's a, when we're selfish. Really, we're denying Jesus because Jesus was all about selflessness. Jesus was always about sacrifice and and putting other people's needs before his own. And so when we as a follower of Jesus who claim to know Jesus live selfish lives, we're really denying the very Savior that rescued us for a whole new life. Or or when I care too much about what others think. This is like a go-to for me. And, And instead of finding all of our worth and purpose in our relationship with Jesus and the God that created and loves us, we, we, we deny Jesus when we, when we start looking to everybody else for their affirmation and their approval. I also deny Jesus when I constantly worry about everything. 
I think I, I, I inherited a worry trait from my dad. My dad is just, I mean, just always, always was, was worrying, 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 worrying. And, and uh, as much as I like to say, I, you know, I have deep confidence and deep faith in Jesus, there's moments where I'm filled with fear, where I'm filled with worry and anxiety, probably like many of you. And when that's a constant thing in my life, that's, that's really me denying Jesus. I mean, he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm going to be with you always. I can always depend on him. It's what we just sung about. But it's another way that we can deny our relationship with Jesus. Or maybe, maybe for you, you gave up on Jesus many years ago, and you're just here giving church or, or Jesus a try again, and that says a lot about you. But, but, but years ago, something happened. Someone did something, said something, and it just turned you. Like, why would I follow a Jesus that allows that to happen in my life? And so we end up denying him. That leads us to a bottom line truth for this weekend that we're going to discover, not in John 18, but in John chapter 21. And our bottom line truth for this weekend is that though we deny Jesus, Jesus will always pursue us. Though we deny Jesus, Jesus will always pursue us. So we want to turn to John chapter 21, and this is where we're really going to camp out for the rest of our time together. And this is the scene. It says, later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is after Jesus has been crucified, buried for three days. He's risen again, and the disciples are out by the Sea of Galilee. It says, this is how it happened. Several of them were there, including Simon Peter. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. And Simon Peter said... I'm going fishing. How many of you are like, thank you, Peter. I'm going fishing. Somebody like, is like, yep, I'm out of here, Todd. I'm, there's, there's, there's perch on the lake. There's walleye to be, to be caught. Um, and, and we look at that statement that Peter makes, and I mean, Peter was a fisherman. He was, this was his life, his career. And, and so we don't think much of it when Peter says, let's go fishing. But I think there was more going on in Peter's life. See, he had, he had denied his own Savior. He was probably filled with guilt and shame. Maybe he had a, a failure complex like I can have sometimes. It's like, man, I blew it or I, I just didn't live up to what I wanted to. And, I, and, and you get to that point where it's like, I've blown it so much, maybe I should just stop trying. Right? And I think Peter, he's dilapidated in his faith. He knows that he's denied his Savior. And he's like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going fishing. I had to borrow this because I'm not a real fisherman. It doesn't even, they, they took the string and the hook off. They were worried about me. I was like, we don't want you to hurt yourself, Todd. Now, now for, 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 for Peter and the disciples, most likely they use nets, but for us today, it's, it's a fishing pole. And I just wanna, want us to think about in our own lives, what's your fishing pole? What's your fishing pole? Because I think to Peter, the fishing pole was just a representation of his old life, of what he did before Jesus called him to follow him and serve him. Jesus said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. But Peter, he's, he's discouraged, 
He's filled with guilt. He's filled with shame. He may have thought that Jesus has, get, has given up on him. And so he looks at the other disciples. He says, hey, I'm going fishing. I'm going back to the thing that I know. I'm going back to the thing that I, I made my livelihood out of before following Jesus. I'm going to go back to that thing that I, I know how to do. It's comfortable to me. It brings me, brings me a purpose. It, 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 it fills me up. What's your fishing pole? When, when you feel like you failed in faith or when you feel like you've blown it again or, or you're filled with guilt or shame, what is it that you go back to? Because I think every one of us has a fishing pole. For some, when, when we blow it, we, we just go back to uh, trying to gain control of everything. And, and, and we find ourselves just grasping for something to control when we feel like our life has somehow spun out of control, and that's our fishing pole. It's control. Or maybe for some, your fishing pole, it's, it's an addiction. It's who you were before Jesus or before you got clean. And it's so easy when, when life gets overwhelming or, or stressful or something catastrophic happens, and, and you're just like, I'm, going, I'm just going fishing. I need a, I need a release. I, I, I need to go back to what I know. I, I need to have that feeling that, that I had before. What's your fishing pole? Maybe, maybe it's, it's, it's your image and, and you just go, you go hardcore with, with working out and losing weight. And, and it's like, it's, that's not a bad thing. It's a good, healthy thing. And yet it's your fishing pole because it's what you find your meaning and your purpose and your significance in. And when you feel like you can't cut it with Jesus... You just say, that's what I'm going back to. Maybe it's overeating. Maybe it's, maybe it's overworking. What's your fishing pole? See, Peter, Peter, he's just feeling like a failure. And around the campfire, he's denied Jesus, not once, not twice, but three different times. And he thinks it's over. But it's a reminder of our bottom line truth that even though we deny Jesus, Jesus still will always pursue us. Look at what happens next in this powerful scene. John chapter 21, beginning in verse 4. It says, At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. They're out there fishing with Peter. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. Now, if you're a fisherman, how many of you are fishermen in here? How many of you would say, that sounds ridiculous, right? Oh, great idea. They're not on this side. Let's just go over here. They're sure to be over here. I mean, this was before the time of fish finders. All you guys are cheaters out there. You know, you just type it in and be, oh, right here, guys, drop. But this, this must have sound, sounded crazy to these disciples, several of whom, including Peter, were probably very avid fishermen, and they're not catching anything. And of course, yeah, when somebody comes by and says, hey, caught anything, it's like, no. <laughs> and, and so Jesus calls from the shore and says, hey, 
put it out on the other side of the boat. And, and crazily, it says, so they did. They took a risk. Even though to a, to a wise fisherman, this would have sounded like insanity. They're like, ah, why not? Who's this guy? They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't recognize that it was him. Perhaps they didn't even recognize his voice yet. And they think, let's just give it a try. And it says, and then they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. You see, Peter, he went fishing again, but he wasn't catching anything. Until he fished the way that Jesus said to fish. It's a reminder that though we deny Jesus, he always pursues us. And in this moment, they don't even realize it yet. And Jesus is pursuing them. He's there on the side of the shore and he's telling them, hey guys, I want to give you some guidance. Let me lead you. Let me guide you. Let me be your, your fish finder. It says, then the disciple that Jesus loved, which was John, interesting that John's the one that wrote this letter. So he just points that out. By the way, you know, the, the disciple that Jesus really loved, that's me. John leans over to Peter and, and it seems like John was the first one that as they were getting a little closer to shore, recognized that it was actually Jesus that had been speaking to them from the shore. And, and John says to Peter, it's the Lord. And I love this response. Failure, Peter. Denier, Peter. <laughs> it says, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic for he'd stripped for work and he jumped into the water and he headed to shore. He couldn't wait. The others, they stayed in the boat and they pulled the loaded net onto the shore for they were only about 500 yards from the shore. They would have been there in just a couple minutes, but Peter could not wait. He realized it was the Lord. And I think there was something going on in Peter's heart. He thought, man, as much of a failure as I am, even though I've denied him three times, he's still here. He's still calling out to us. He's still wanting to, to help us, to give us his guidance. And, and Peter, it's, it's just a beautiful scene. Like He's just out of the boat. This was Peter all the time, so impulsive, putting his foot in his mouth at times, slicing off ears of guards. I mean, hey, Jesus, I'm with you. And here he's impulsive in the right moment, in the right way, at the right time. He's like, I, I just got to get to Jesus. And then the, it's a reminder <laughs> that though we deny Jesus, Jesus will always pursue us. Look what happens next. Verse, verse 9, it says, when they got there, that is when they got to the shore, they found breakfast waiting for them. Fish cooking over a charcoal fire. Do you see the scene? Do you remember John 18, the scene where, where Peter's out there uh, warming himself with the guards and the servants around a, a fire and at that campfire scene, he denies Jesus three times. And now, it's like Jesus has recreated the scene. And, and, and Peter gets up onto the shore, and he's got to be dumbfounded because he's there to serve Jesus, the master, and yet master, Jesus, is serving them. He's prepared some food for them. And, and he's got a fire going. And so they, they all get there and they, they all gather around and it says, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? 
And there's some debate on what the these are. Are the, are the these uh, the other disciples? Are the these the fish? But Jesus was asking a most important question, even for those of us that have failed him the most or denied him with our attitudes or actions. He's asking Simon Peter the most important question. Here's all I need to know from you, Simon. Do you still love me? Do you still love me? Do you love me more than these? And Peter replied, yes, Lord. You know I love you. And then Jesus says to Peter, then feed my lambs. It's like, it's like Jesus is, is reinstating Peter. He, he's extending forgiveness. He, he takes Peter back to the campfire scene, and this isn't going to be the worst moment of Peter's life. This is going to be one of the best moments of Peter's life. And he says, do you love me? And if you love me, all right, then I've got more work for you to do. Go and feed my sheep. Go lead my people. Take care of my people. It says, Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. And again, he says, then take care of my sheep. A second time. Just like, just like Peter denied Jesus a first time and then a second time, now Jesus, it's like he's offering this full orb of forgiveness to Peter. You denied me once. I asked you if you love me. I've told you to feed my sheep. I'm asking you again, just to be sure, Peter, and to remind you that for every act of denial or betrayal or failure, I'm still pursuing you. And I want a relationship with you, and I want to use you. And so it says a third time, he asked Simon, son of John, do you love me? And by this point, Peter was hurt. You ever been in one of those moments, like maybe it was with your spouse, maybe it was with one of your kids, maybe it was with your employer, and you knew you had blown it, and you can tell that the trust has been broken? And so they're asking you questions, and at some point, you know, you've answered all their questions and you know deep in your heart, no, you don't have to worry about that anymore. You can trust me still, but you can still see that the trust is broken and they're still asking. And because of this, you're even more hurt. Like now you feel like even more of a failure because they have to keep asking to gain reassurance of your commitment to them as your spouse or as your child or as your employer. And so Peter is hurt that Jesus is having to ask him three times, and yet it was three times that, that Peter had denied Jesus. And so Jesus asks three times, and he takes him to this campfire scene. He says, Peter says, Lord, you know everything, and you know that I do love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. It's interesting, you know, Peter had blown it in such a big way. And I mean, we can look at his life and we can judge him pretty harshly. And yet, Jesus was still pursuing him. Some of the people in our lives that, that, that we're about ready to give up on, right? That, or that we have given up on, we're like, man, okay, that's one time too many. Aren't you, aren't you grateful that Jesus, <laughs> Jesus doesn't treat us the way that many times we treat others? 
even when they deny us or when they betray us, do we still pursue them out of love? And that's what Jesus was doing. It's a reminder of our bottom line truth that though we deny Jesus, Jesus will always pursue us. And if you're here this weekend, and maybe you've blown it in some ways, maybe you feel a little distant from God, maybe you feel like you've, you, you know, you've done that one thing one too many times, and you, and you wonder, does God still love me? Does God really care? Can he ever use me? The answer is yes. Yes, he can still use you. The answer is yes, he will forgive you again. The answer is yes, he loves you. The, the question is, do you love him? Do you love him more than these? Do you love him more than your fishing pole? Do you love him more than the drug? Do you love him more than the pornography? Do you love him more than the control? Do you love him more than the power? See, Jesus, he wants to set us free from our old life and ask us into embracing our new life in him. He says, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. It's one of my favorite things to see the, the transformation in people's lives. Somebody that goes from living completely for self and, and then becomes a, a selfless servant. And there's so many examples of that, even in this room. People that had blown it, had denied Jesus, and Jesus just pursued them still. And, 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 they, and they came back and they said, Jesus... I love you. See, that's where it starts. If, if we want to be used by God, if we, want to, if we want him to say, hey, feed my sheep, go out and live out your purpose for me, it doesn't have to do with our ability, our strengths. It has to do with our heart, first and foremost. Do you love me? That's what Jesus wants. And you think about it, in all of our relationships, isn't that what we want? It's why, it's why I say to my wife all the time, I love you. And she'll be like, I know. I'm like, I know, but I'm just making sure you know because it's the most important thing, right? Or when you've been in an argument or when you have blown it and you, you look to another person in the eye like, are we okay? Are we okay? It's a way of saying, do you still love me? Are we still committed? Are we still together in this even though it's been rough or even though it's been rocky or even things didn't work out the way we thought they would work out or, or even though I didn't hold up my end of the bargain, are we good? Are, am I forgiven? Can we go and feed his sheep? And it's the same thing that we, we long to see happen as a, as a church body. And, and you know, there's, there's a multitude of people that come to this campus every single weekend. And there's so many, so many opportunities and there's so many needs. And as we re-engage this fall, there's so many great things that we can get involved in. Not just to attend or be a part of, but, but to help serve, to help lead, to, to feed his sheep. It's what God calls us to. It's what Jesus, the good shepherd, calls us to, to taking care of one another, to being there for one another. And so this morning, as we close our services, I just want to give us a challenge. Just as Jesus looked at Peter and said, number one, do you love me? Because that's, that's, that is the requirement, the one requirement. Do you love me? And then he said, go feed my sheep. And so if you love Jesus... Or even, you're, even if you're still trying to figure out what you think about Jesus. This is how gracious God is. He'll, he'll, he'll use us. He'll, he'll pull you in. 
And, and there are so many needs. Sometimes when people walk in the doors at the chapel, they think, man, everything's, look at that. They moved the coffee. There. Somebody did that. They got it all set. They, everything's taken care of. There's greeters at the door. There's kids back, back in the hall with volunteers that love them. And, and they, they just got everything that they need. But you guys, there's a lot of sheep here. And, and we need more help. And so I want to challenge you. Like if, if, if you've, we love that you come on Sunday. We love that you worship. We love that you, if you love the messages, when, when, at least when Pastor Jeff spe- speaks, right? Uh, but we want to call, just like Jesus called Peter away from the fire and away from just fishing to himself. We, we want to call you to his purpose in your life, serving him. And, and there, there's a myriad of ways. Um, in your worship program, there's the text and number again, and, and you can just text the word serve. If you want, maybe you have no idea, but you're like, you know what, I've been on the sidelines too long, or I thought I was disqualified because of my, my actions or my attitudes or my lack of faith. I want you to know that there is a spot for you to feed his sheep. A couple of the real key areas right now, honestly, we have an awesome tech team back there. Um, Sam and Chris and their husband and wife team, they're back there today. Um, but we're always in need of tech team members. And you don't have to be like a, a, you know, an expert. They will train you, equip you, help you. And you know, none of this happens without those people that are hiding back there. And put the sound on and put the, the word, lyrics on the screen. And, and you, could, you could serve Jesus with, a click, with just a click of a mouse. It's a small thing, but it's significant because if the mouse doesn't click, the words don't come on the screen, we, 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 we aren't as easily able to engage in worship. And, and maybe that's something that you would want to check out. Or maybe it's serving with kids. There's always a need in our kids' ministry for, for more volunteers. And as the school year ramps up and even more families kind of hone in and get into their, their Sunday routine and rhythm, there's always needs. There's always opportunity. On our first impression team, at our, during our 1030 service, we need more greeters. I wonder what it is for you. What, 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 what have we grown accustomed to that we find comfortable to hold on to? And what is Jesus calling us to let go, to put down in order to pick up his mission of caring for his sheep? Would you pray with me? God, thank you for your grace and 